0: so you all sent kathy and i and the kids down to louisville uh, kentucky to go to our pastor's college and it was such a blessing now in that time of our lives i was still searching for a job so i went down to pastor's college for a year but i went down not knowing what would happen when i came back Um, and so when we got there one of the first couples i think it was the first you were the first couple that we met from the pastor's college um it was, was Steve and and Joy Bice. And they were in a similar position. They were coming down to uh, Louisville, Kentucky from Minnesota, but with that same, uh, in the same situation where they didn't know where, what would happen after that year of Pastor's College. We just knew we were going to have a great time, and we did have a great time, but just didn't know what was happening afterward. Um, and so we didn't know if we would go to another city. We didn't know if Stephen Joy would go back to Minnesota or somewhere else in the country. Um, and, but while we were there, God knit our hearts together, and it was such a blessing to be part uh, of that uh, p- part of that pastors college class and really to get to know you Steve and, and Joy, um, and and so we became fast friends and, and and tight friends we were in the same community group together the same uh, accountability group uh, Steve and I worked together so we got to know each other very well and, and I um, count him as one of my dearest friends um, so it is a joy To introduce him to you is too long in the coming. Honestly, he should have been up here years ago so I could introduce him to you. Steve is one of the most humble men I know. Um, And he is passionate. He is passionate for his wife and his children, his grandchildren. Um, He is passionate for his church, uh, the church there in Dayton. He passionately loves missions. His daughter Becca and Mark Wait are out in Turkey right now, um, and Steve just loves uh, loves that and loves going to visit them. Um, but he is passionate about Jesus, and you'll see that today. Um, and so I am so so grateful that uh, I can introduce him to you. So Steve, why don't you come on up and let's listen to Pastor Steve. Thank you.
1: Well greetings from Sovereign Grace Church, Dayton. Um, We are fans of Covenant of Grace Church and your leadership team and uh, um, we pray pray for you regularly. We're super thankful for uh, the youth of this church and the youth camp, all the leaders and all that we get to participate in because of the gifts that God has given you as a church. We are recipients of so uh, grateful, grateful for that. I want to jump right to where we're going to go today, but I want to uh, start with prayer real quick and then uh, we'll jump in. Lord, thank you for the privilege that we have to come to your word now in this moment, the authoritative word of God that will not return empty. So I pray, Lord, that you would utilize these words from your book and anything that I might be able to say that is... Helpful Lord. I pray that you would by the power of the Spirit Work it out in our hearts to strengthen and encourage the Saints today in Jesus name. Amen The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2 this is not where we're going today, but I want to start with this you were dead in the trespasses and Sins in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the year The Spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature Children of wrath like the rest of mankind That's true true of every single one of us but God being rich in mercy Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. We're his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus. For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them now that passage is a passage that's filled with the good News that we are those who have been born again who have trusted in Christ we have been made Anew we have a hope we have a hope today and we have a hope for eternity That's the reality it's it is is unalterable truth It is objective reality for those of us who believe in Jesus who trust in Jesus so that should result you'd think that should result in great joy Um, and it certainly does at times right there's times when we're singing and it's just we're filled with joy but then we know that struggles happen sorrows difficulties the smile that was on our lips when we were singing I lay it all goes away when you're flat on your face why, why do we feel spiritually dry why why do we get discouraged so easily why why um, why so despairing in this world in our lives and in this world when we have so much reason to enjoy the truth of what is ours in Christ so, do you feel discouraged this morning? Do you feel lonely? Do you feel like God is absent? Do you feel like He's not listening? Well, one issue that we all face is that we we have a hope. We have hope, but it is a delayed hope, kind of like that lemon, right? The, the blossom is there, so there's a hope, but you know, don't, don't quite see the you see the little things happening and growing and growing, but you don't have fruit until the end of the season, and the struggle is real. We feel it we will be presented blameless before God on that final day um, unhindered in fellowship absolute unending joy but until then we live in a world where the joys we experience are intermixed with difficulty Paul speaks about it this way he says we are afflicted in every way now this is this is not Paul just being poetic Paul is saying literally Yeah, he was afflicted in every way. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, truly perplexed. Do you feel perplexed with what's going on in the world? Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So, do you hear the mix of emotions in this life, the the mix of experiences? Uh, You have the joy of the Lord, but God, you know, that, that reality of all that He's accomplished for us and all that He's going to accomplish, and yet significant perplex significant persecution significant affliction do you you feel do you feel that in your own life the joy of the Lord is my strength actually it's we live in a crazy God-ordained Jesus saturated spirit anointed mix of joy and forgiveness and and freedom in Christ and significant sorrows and difficulties and discouragements and confusion and loneliness and and on and on and and James has something to say to us this morning so would you turn to the text, James chapter 5 and we'll read verses 7 through 11 James says be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the Lord See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth being patient about it and until it receives it early in the late rains You also be patient Establish your hearts For the coming of the Lord is at hand Do not grumble against one another brothers so that you may not be judged Behold the judge is standing at the door as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Be- behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you've seen the purpose of the Lord. How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Now, I want to consider this morning, from this text, this this truth, that hopefully we all leave with a greater sense of that that there is a real joy. That there's not just a super spiritual kind of religious joy. There's a real joy to experience in this troubled life, through the patient expectation that all is well. Um, to be informed and reminded. Of, whatever circumstances you find yourself in this morning no matter what you were going through no matter how many things you came in with no matter how many things you're worried about this week no matter how many things are are infiltrating your heart and your mind today to as Adam said and as we focused on a little bit this morning to that we would we would take our eyes off of our feet and off of our surroundings and that the spirit would lift our eyes to the heavens not not just generally up right but to the one Like Adam said to the one who rides on the clouds to to the to the one who sits at the right hand of the father Ruling and reigning and is coming back for you and I So in the middle of parenting situations difficult situations in the midst of marital frustrations in the midst of the Frustrating events in this world in this country and in this world um, Perhaps it's a sickness you have perhaps it's a disease that you were just diagnosed with or a loved one has come down with the troubles are many difficulties are many whether you're young here or the oldest person in this room uh, these things are, are real and they're sorrowful difficulties but the spirit would have each of us know this morning that there is a real joy there's a real joy to be known to be experienced in this life that is difficult and sorrowful and knowing being assured with patient expectation see that that word expectation it's not just a kind of a wishful thought it's a it's going to happen wishful expectation a a a joyful expectation a patient expectation that all truly is well so how do we live in the joy of that patient expectation Um, of all being well amid the difficulties we experience we want to look at three things this morning from this text we can live in the joy of patient expectation by one looking to the reward Two, looking to our examples and three looking to the Savior so let's just jump to the first point you can live in the joy of patient expectation by looking to the reward Uh, verse 7 the first part of verse 7 says this be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the Lord now the reward that the Spirit wants you and I to be reminded of this morning is is The the return of Jesus for his own that's the reward the the return of Jesus look to that reward It's easy to get bogged down in in the things of this life But amid all the joys and the difficulties of life We're being reminded this morning to keep our eyes fixed on that reward on that sure and certain Reality the coming of the Lord and and we can look to that because it's true Absolutely true the Lord is coming back verse the first part of verse 7 the Lord is coming back It's It's a truth that we must not lose sight of the question The question is when's the last time Amid the difficulties Frustrations in the nation and in the world and the sadness How has The coming of the Lord informed how you react or how you respond is it even in your sights or you've heard the statement um, uh, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good right you heard that if you haven't heard it you've heard it now and it's wrong the reality is that the only way that we can respond effectively and rightly and God, in in a God-glorifying manner, is by having our eyes fixed on heaven, where Christ is, Colossians 3.1, seated at the right hand of God, where he's going to return for us. The truth of the second coming of Christ is foundational to the gospel we sing of the gospel we speak of the gospel we rejoice in it's not just that Jesus died for sinners that is certainly part of the gospel it's not just that he rose again and it's not just that he ascended but it is also that he's coming back for his own the return of Jesus is part of the hope of the gospel Paul says in Titus 2 for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce on God and worldly plash, passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope you had a patient expectation there waiting for our blessed hope how do we live self-controlled lives how do we live how do we renounce on godliness and worldly pa- wait patiently For the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ so how do we remain patient how can we live in the joy of the Lord amid difficulties by having a profound hope in the return of our Savior and so a question to you do you have a profound hope in the return of the Savior or is it just a theological category for you To move it like everything for us right to move it from the head Into the heart to where it actually affects the way that we live and the way that we respond to the crazy That's out there and the crazy that's in here Um, The Lord is coming that quote is mentioned about 300 times just in the New Testament and so it might make you think that The God who wrote this book is trying to say, hey, live in the good, (laughs) live in the good of this. And so to hear that today, How, how does the return of Christ inform the way you process the difficulties that you're facing today? Well, we also look to the reward because it's promised. It's not it's not simply true it's, it's promised all God's promises are yes, and amen in Jesus We we have the promise of a future and James speaks to this specifically by using a very familiar um, uh, A very familiar illustration he says be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the Lord see how the farmer Waits for the precious fruit of the earth being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains and you also be patient now the the illustration breaks down every illustration breaks down to some extent um, we join I lived in Iowa for 13 years where I served as a pastor there and man f- farmers I, I, I grew up with farmers in Canada as well but I, but I did not know I was, a, I was a kid and I didn't understand the complexities of farming and so when I got to Iowa I started realizing these guys these guys are men of maybe not all of them are but these guys these guys farm by faith because they can cultivate they can plant they can do all the work they work hard but they cannot make it rain and they cannot keep the storms from coming through and destroying everything they just planted they cannot guarantee a harvest so the illustration breaks down to some, ex- some extent but thankfully we're all we all have food on our tables and so the reality is for the most part farmers plant and they do all the work God Let's it rain, keeps the farm safe, and they get to the end, and what happens is a, a harvest. But they got all that difficulty going all the way through. And in Iowa, tornadoes, heavy rains, floods from time to time. Sometimes these guys were planting two or three times a summer. The reality is, these, these men were, were patient. They patiently waited, and, and even on the best. The best weather summer, perfect conditions. They could not make the the fruit or the the vegetables or, or whatever, they could not make it grow. But God did and in the end the harvest was there so what's James getting at Uh, James is simply pointing to the fact pointing us to the fact that like a farmer we must be diligent along the way to to keep our eyes on Christ to 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 patiently endure until the promised day of harvest that is the Lord's return the Lord is coming back the Lord has promised he's going to come back and that is a reality that that we get to look forward to and it is hard to do that but we we nevertheless are called to do that this is this is living with patient expectation and it's what the Spirit's reminding us of this morning Jesus died so that we would become the children of God and he died for us so that we would be raised again and promised that he would be with us even to the end of the age and he died for us that we would be filled with the Spirit who would remind us to and strengthen us and and empower us to live with patient expectation amid days of whatever your damaging hail is Whatever your damaging winds are, whatever your flood is in your life, your difficulties, spirit reminds us that in the end no matter how difficult this life is there will be a day of harvest and that day for the church that christ died for is a sure and it is a certain day of precious precious reward where all things will be well there'll be no more tears no more sadness no more death no more sickness no more screwed up politics no more no more afghanistan's And you know, all will be well, the fact that all will be well on that final day is supposed to inform us in the reality that all is well now, no matter how crazy it is. Because all is well there and it's going to be all well, it can be all well now. And so we can enjoy our lives. We can live with joy, a real joy amid very difficult things we look to the reward because God's Word says it's imminent verses 8 and 9 says you also be patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is when at hand it's at hand don't grumble against one another brothers so that you may not be judged behold the judge is you know—he's standing at the door there's a there's a sense of imminence it's like sense of like it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna happen it could happen today it could happen today it could happen today the, the fact is we're in the last days no matter you know no matter what end time charts you're aware of or or things that you've read or whatever the reality is the last 2000 years we've been in the end times been in the last days uh, james is speaking of that in in this day and today all all the more so every day that goes by is like <gasps> could be could be today could be today people people will sometimes say that because of the things going on in our country or the Things that are going on in the world today—that uh, that's certain to we're in the end days—and I've I just been, you know, just realizing over the years, you know, gosh, like there's been a lot of bad things go on throughout history. A lot of much more terrible things than even the terrible things that are going on today. We we can realize that that what we're experiencing now is certainly one of the more difficult things that we've experienced in our lives, maybe, but. But you don't have to go very far back in history to see um, the eradication of the Jewish population in Germany and Poland and Eastern Europe. Go back hundreds of years to Bloody Mary, Genghis Khan, you can go back to any, any of these, there's all sorts of crazy bad stuff that's happened. All things that would have made the believers in the day say, these are the last days. So it's very true that these are the last days. But we are called to live as though Jesus could come back at any moment any time his, his return is imminent You know when you're a when you're a child and maybe the, if you're a child in here um, uh, The younger ones just left but like five minutes is a long time for a child right you tell them Can you just sit there just for five minutes? Just just don't just be quiet It's it's like eternity for them right for us Five minutes five minutes of quiet for adults might just seem like that went. about went way too fast um, It's not hard ultimately to wait five minutes and when you consider the reality of our life as compared to eternity Our life's not that long Certainly feels long, though, right? Kind of like five minutes does for a child. Our life certainly feels long. The older you get, right? You look back and you say, "Where did that go? Where did that time go?" All of a sudden, things start getting like it, it just feels like things are getting pinched, and it's like time is flying. If you were to, if you were to walk this life in a way that, that you just. We're kind of in a place of being assured that jesus was going to return at um like 1203 or 10 after 12. how how would how would you walk would it be hard would it be difficult difficult to experience whatever it is you're experiencing knowing that jesus is going to return any moment if you lived this is not just some sort of psychological test this is this is like the reality how how do we live if we're called to live in the goodness of the promised and imminent return of Jesus how is that affecting the way that you're responding in your moments next moment the next moment the next moment It, it, it does the return of Christ inform your life knowing the return of Christ truly believing that the Lord Jesus could come back at any moment The question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus could return in the next moment? Or are you like, he's probably not gonna. If you're like me, probably not gonna. And so we move on with our day, and we forget. And the result is often a life of grumbling. You feel it, don't you? If you're on social media you see it you hear it and you participate in it sometimes just this heart of grumbling living for this world living for now it's a way that we can discern that we're not we're not living in the good of the return of Christ because we're just grumbly people and sadly Christians are often in these days like seen as just this grumbly group of people and and it seems as though then that for the world to look at us as a grumbly kind of people and I'm not saying there's not things to be concerned about I'm not saying there's things not to take to the Lord and intercede for people about but you see when we go online and we like and send our, our thoughts the world says hmm, I thought I mean on a, on, a, on a good day on a really good day they might say huh I thought I thought they had this blessed hope. And you see, we we kind of misplace our hope. We want we want it now. And Jesus would have us look to him amid the difficulties and trust in his coming. We can live in the joy of patient expectation by looking to the reward how are you going to look to the reward this week how are you going to encourage each other to look to the reward to keep looking to the reward keep encouraging one another brothers and all the more as you see the day approaching second point we can live in the joy of patient expectation by looking to our examples he says as an example of suffering and patience brothers take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard the steadfastness of Job, and you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Now, through history, there's been these trailblazer kind of people. Lewis and Clark were two of them. Went out as they were heading heading out west, um, they they didn't have um, maps, they didn't have... Uh, triptychs for those of you uh, old enough to know what a triptych is they didn't know any of those they had no internet right they had no idea what was going on before them and of course they endured a lot of hardship but the guys that came after them not so much hardship they knew what to what to miss they knew what to go around they, they somebody else had already paved the way and and James is saying hey the prophets are like that for you in this job is like that for you and this the prophets experienced difficulty prophets experienced like many many difficulties it says uh, or or, um, J.A. Motier says this he says we see this suffering that required patience exemplified in the prophets they were highly privileged but not protected against the strains of life their privilege and their trials went hand in hand jeremiah was hunted by the men of his hometown specifically because they wanted to stop him from speaking in the name of the lord ezekiel suffered painful bereavement as the setting in which he delivered his message in the name of the lord and if daniel hadn't suffered deportations we would never have heard from him or heard of him or benefited from his ministry hosea his marriage breakdown was in itself the lord's word to him and through him privilege and suffering and ministry just belonged together in the lives of the prophets. And the truth of the matter is, true for them can be true for us. God's purposes have worked in the lives of the prophets. God's wor- purposes are working in your lives as well. Uh, Motir goes on to say, we would rightly call Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, and others people on whom God's blessing rested. Indeed, we often react in the same way to contemporaries in whom we see the virtue of endurance. We covered it for ourselves. And we'd like to think that in similar circumstances of oppression or of illness, we would be as resolute even if we have grave doubts that we could manage it. I mean, just coming to my mind is, is a lady named Corrie Tenboom from World War II. And you name a a missionary or somebody who has struggled, gone through difficulty, maybe currently the Afghani Christians, the way that we're praying for them, North Korean Christians, Christians from Myanmar. second example he gives us is is Job he says you've heard of the steadfastness of Job and you've seen the purpose of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and merciful we see Job the story of him being a steadfast man patiently enduring like horrific suffering so if you've read the story if you haven't read the story of Job um, take time to read it but like most of us know the story of Job this guy experienced significant significant sorrow significant turmoil significant emotional pain psychological pain significant spiritual pain significant physical pain all uh, he experienced all of that and yet he patiently endured it he he did not understand what was happening to him his friends were of no help His, his wife was of no help and Job replies with steadfast patient endurance somehow an expectation saying this though he slay me yet I will hope in him Though he slay me, though, though my body be torn apart, though my whole family gets destroyed, though nobody is f- seemingly for me, I yet will hope in him. And he says, for I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last, he's going to stand upon the earth. See how he's living in the good of the, the hope that is to come? And After my skin has been thus destroyed yet in my flesh I will see God whom I'll see for myself and my eyes will behold and yet and not another my heart faints within me he, it was so clear to him so very clear to him that that his hope was in the Lord and his Redeemer wasn't dead it wasn't absent very much his Redeemer is alive and, and 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 living and hopeful His hope was so sure that he says my heart faints within me now his heart would have fainted within him because of the struggles he was going through except what is it he's overwhelmed by he's overwhelmed by the joy of the good news that in the end in the end all will be well and so the fact that in the end all will be well he could deal with the struggles in the moment because all is well in that moment because all is well in that final day you see the patient yet eager expectation amid the difficult straits he was in the the Holy Spirit wants you and I to experience that same kind of thing through significant difficulties continuing to live in the joy of patient expectation for a better day to come a better day to come that not just a better day in the United States of America but a better day to come when all will truly be well So again, the question I want to ask is, what informs how you interact with your difficulties? What hope informs how you interact with decisions our government makes? What, What hope do you have that interacts with the pandemic? What hope is it that serves to kind of boo you up amid a diagnosis of cancer or a super difficult parenting situation, much less a simple parenting difficulty, or marital difficulty, or employment difficulty? what informs how you interact with your difficulties third observation we live with patient expectation by looking to the Savior um, he says if you, uh, you've seen the purpose of the Lord verse 11 and you have seen the purpose of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and merciful Job saw two things in particular that helped him be eagerly and patiently expectant he, he knew that the Lord has steadfast purpose um, we, we see in the story of Job a, a story of, of his steadfastness, but, but even more so what we see is the steadfast purposes of God, um, that he does not change, that he is steadfast in his love and his care and his eternal care for Job. The, the blessings that we see at the end of the book uh, isn't just like a, a, a nice Cinderella story where everything turns out good in the end. It was the objective, from God, objective of God from the very start. The objective of God through in your life through all the difficulties is that He might be glorified and that you live forever in full-out joy and peace, and that in the meantime there is a joyful contentment to be known by the power of the Spirit and the Word of God. Job said, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. I think that has described my life at different times where I know a lot about God's Word. I, I know details. I have theological categories. But there's times, aren't there, when the Spirit moves in such a way as to enlighten your eyes and open up your heart, and it's like, I had I heard, I had heard about you. <laughs> now I see you. Um, we don't want trials, but God always, always intends them to cause us to know him more intimately, more, more certainly, to enjoy him supremely and be satisfied entirely by the one for whom we exist and have our being. Second thing that Job sees is that the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Um, and this is, this is just true of our God. He's defined as a God who is merciful and slow to anger. Psalmist says in Psalm 103, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his way to Moses his acts to the people of Israel the Lord is merciful and gracious he's slow to anger abounding in steadfast love he will not always chide nor will he keep his anger forever he does not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him as far as the East is from the West so far does he remove our transgressions from us as a father shows compassion to his children so the lord shows compassion to those who fear him for he knows our frame and he remembers we are dust as for man his days are like grass he flourishes like a flower of the field the wind passes over and it's gone and his place knows it no more but the steadfast love of the lord is not like that right it's from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments And the Lord has established his throne in in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. And herein is the connector for all that we've looked at this morning, for the only way that you and I can truly live without any, or with any hope in the troubled life that we have, to know the compassion and mercy of God that is found in Jesus Christ alone. That's our only hope. That's our only joy. That's, That's where the joy comes from. That's where the joy erupts from, is knowing that the Lord, even though this world is crazy, and my flesh is difficult, and, and Satan is ah, just a, a pig, that the Lord is merciful, and he is compassionate. Jesus says this in John chapter 17, this is eternal life, that they know you, God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. To, to not look at the compassion and mercy of god through the gift of his one and only son jesus is to settle for living a life that's marked by grumbling and so you might just turn that around for a moment if your life is to the extent that our lives are marked by grumbling it means that we're not keeping our eyes on the savior and our hope is getting displaced Marked by the pursuit of temporal riches. Marked by the pursuit of leisure. Marked by erratic, volatile, impulsive, and anxious behavior. And, and, and listen, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, and you see volatile behavior. You see erratic behavior. You see impulsive and anxious behavior, not just from the world but from those who claim the name of Christ who have been forgiven and justified and adopted and given the spirit to keep us and strengthen us and empower us and sanctify and guard us until the day that we see Jesus face to face there is great joy to be had let, let us let us let the world know about our joy in King Jesus let it let the world know about our joy and the fact that our hope is not on not on this planet our hope is in Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father who is going to come back and return for the world will think we're nuts but hey the Greeks count the gospel foolishness we count it the power of God for salvation to all who believe. So, what is it you must do to live with patient expectation? Again, look to the reward, look to our examples, look to the Savior. But there's one thing in common there that I think is an application point for us this morning, and that is um, to be in God's Word. To be in God's Word. It really is our very life it is God's Word that speaks to us about the reward It is God's Word that tells us the examples it's God's Word that introduces us and teaches us about the Savior and all he's done all that he did all that he's doing and all that he's going to one day do and so when you consider God's Word when you consider this Bible no matter if you're the youngest in this room or the oldest of what value is this book to you That The joy of Christianity isn't about slapping a smile on your face to tough out the difficulties that you experience in some sort of religious obligation. You just want to kind of look good, or I'm supposed to to handle this better than I am. The the joy of Christianity comes by the power of the Holy Spirit through the hearing of the Word of God and responding to the Word of God and walking by the Spirit according to the Word of God. Psalm uh, 19 says, says these wonderful words, The law of the Lord, that is this book, the law of the Lord is perfect and it does what? Revives the soul. Is your soul feeling tired? Is your soul in need of reviving? Yes, yes, all of our souls are in need of reviving. The church is in need of reviving. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, makes wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right and they do what? Rejoice the heart. Paul states, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts uh, to God. And so hear the word of the Lord this morning, friends. May may the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How how are you going to live in the joy of, of patient expectation? Well, not outside of God's word, you won't. Not outside of the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't. Prioritizing this body. Coming together. Prioritizing getting together on Sundays as you're doing where it's the only place where you hear the Word of God preached to this church. Where, where, where Pastor Jace or Bert or Jake will, will share the, the, the Word for the church. For the, where, it's the only place where you all hear it all together at the same time and you're able to be encouraged together as a church body. Uh, be encouraged together, sing together with thankfulness in our hearts to God, to, to hear from God together, to, to gather together in community groups uh, looking to the reward and looking to the examples and, and looking to our Savior and in this book of books. To let it be on your tongues as you talk with one another, and as you care for one another, and as you pray for one another. And as you head back to your homes, you you talk about it in your families, and you, you care about about this truth in your family, it's about this book in your family, it's about the reward, about the examples, about Jesus. Moses says, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, you shall talk to them when you sit, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know, the fact that there's children in this room right now is uncommon. And it is wonderful. To hear the kids singing during worship, I was bringing, bringing a big smile to both my wife and I. just It's so right, so good. This is what you're doing. And so let me encourage you keep pressing in may may by God's grace and the Spirit may Covenant of Grace Church be a be a church family who immerses themselves yourselves in the life-giving Word of God to know him and to be reconciled to him through the sacrifice of of God your Savior and, and to be encouraged and stirred up through the lives of of other godly men and women one another you don't have to go outside of this building for your examples just look around get to know each other listen to the stories And keep your eyes on the prize and in in these manners God will pour out his grace and cause you to be patient through the storms of this life until that glorious day when you see him face to face you presented before him blameless and above reproach as Jude says at the end of his short little letter May, may you by the power of the Spirit and life in the Word live in the joy of patient expectation that all is going to be well and that all then is currently well. Lord, I pray that you would help us now to just apply this word to our lives, to strengthen us, to encourage us, that we would live in light of the imminent return, your your imminent return, to be filled by your Spirit, um, that the word of God would dwell richly in us, that we would not look for revival in some other way. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Lord, build this church, strengthen this church, encourage this church, Lord, for your glory and their joy. In Jesus' name, amen.